book is good about. Her second book was it was to like bring you closer and be like. And I was talking to my mom about it. And a bottle feed. Are you in your heart? Every time I'm like, oh my gosh. Girl, welcome to Coffee Confessions. Good morning, everybody. If you are listening to this, it is Memorial Day, and if you are a frequent listener of coffee, you know that we try to do a lot in our community and share um, stories that are prominent to our community, and while we are both very blessed to have never uh, lost a loved one in the line of duty, we know that that is not always common for everybody, Um, and so if you listened uh, I think it was 2020, we had Britt Harris come on. So after you listen to this, if you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> go back and find that one and listen to that one um, about her husband, Chris Harris. But today we brought a new story to you guys. Um, we sat down and spoke with Ashley Buggy and um, we learned the story of her husband, Brian. And mm-hmm. it's so humbling. Just talking to these women is so humbling. Um it's never lost. I feel like I I want to make this like an annual thing. That should yeah. be like an annual thing because I cry. I cried in Brit's story. I cried in Ashley's story. Like it's just, it's, I mean, you hear of like accidents and things happening all the time, but because it's like so close to home, like this could be any one of our spouses at any yeah. given moment. And it's like scary to say that, but it's reality for our community. Right. And I think that's why it hits so much closer. When we interviewed Brit, we were at Bragg, like yeah. still there. And yeah. um, Ashley's story is quite different. Um, he wasn't in the line of duty, but um, it was still, I, I mean, it's kind of, it, he wasn't in the line of duty, but it wasn't he was service a, related how he yeah. passed, but he was still, you know, a, a military member. And yeah. um And she goes into, um, you know, depth about their story and what happened or whatnot. But I think the common thing about like Britt and Ashley is as toxic as this community can be at times, there are moments where it's just like, okay, this is like, this is all hands in. We're all rallying. We're all going to surround you with love because you, like you said, like we all, it's like our biggest fear. I think it's a wife's biggest fear to lose her husband anyway but especially in both of their circumstances you know they were pregnant they had you know Ashley had other little children around and stuff like that and I just can't imagine like pulling through like there's one thing to pull through for yourself but having like you know a baby growing inside of you or um, two little ones at home like I just can't imagine getting that phone call or that Mm -hmm. knock on the door knowing that like after I absorb this, I'm going to have to find a way to talk to my children about this. And, and it's almost like a constant reminder. I think sometimes if you don't have babies at home, maybe the pain gets a little bit easier because you don't have like that, that spitting image of them running around, right? Like Britt's daughter looks just like her, her husband. And for Ashley, you know, to be pregnant, um, and then have two little ones at home. It was just, it's just gotta be like that. When you feel like you have just healed just a little bit, like it just rips open again when you see something or watch them do something and you're like, Oh, I wish Brian was here. Or, oh, I wish Chris was yeah. here. 
I just and the way she says her daughter um puts herself into stories um mm -hmm. you know like to include herself in the time um so her unborn baby at the time didn't get to meet her dad so Ashley goes in to tell you that um the baby will plug herself into stories like do you remember when dad did this and she's like yes baby yes I do yeah. and I just think it's so sweet and I it's so hard to like picture yourself in that moment but these women have done amazing things like yeah. they have come from hell and back like it's literally hell um like you said and it's two completely different aspects they were both pregnant but um Ashley said she was like six months along and she had two little ones, whereas Britt had just found, just out. found out. So yeah. it's, you get to find or like see and hear like two completely different aspects, different branches. Um, yeah. Ryan was Navy, I believe. Yeah. Um, and Chris was Army. So it's kind of like the differences, you know, one was here and one was in Hawaii and the way they um, honor their husbands. Um, it, it's just... Like, I, I don't know, like you, you think about it and you're like, could I be that strong? Could I make a memorial? Ashley yeah. is going to Hawaii every year to honor her husband in a live dive. Um, and I'm going to let you guys hear this story and we'll talk more about that at the end. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I think about it sometimes and I'm like, could I do that? Could I yeah. right now, you know, we talk a lot about our husbands. We're very proud of our husbands, but it's like, if he passed, would I have the strength to like, still carry that on still right. like talk about it and make it yeah. like public and you know like share wrote him. a book on him I'm just yeah like, it's like yeah, I already publicly. shared him so much and then that level of like vulnerability would like tear into like losing your spouse I I have to like imagine you're so vulnerable after that and yeah. then you know to get to a spot where both of them are doing things um in their husband's namesakes I agree like I I don't know if I would have the strength because I would just be a blubbering mess every time like <laughs> you know I miss him I love him but without further ado we could go on and on about how like amazing these women are and and like we said if you haven't listened to the episode on Brett Harris after you listen to this one with Ashley definitely go listen to the one with Brit, it is Memorial Day. So what better way to memorize, memorize, memorialize um, soldiers. I wasn't than, even going to catch it. <laughs> then to um, listen to them speak of their, their spouses and the sacrifices that they made. So here is our interview with Ashley. Everyone, so we are really excited to introduce Ashley Buggy. And Ashley, just give us a little bit of your like your brief intro of who you are and what's been going on. Yeah, good morning. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate this opportunity to share my story with you guys and uh, your listeners. This is a really beautiful way to commemorate Memorial Day. So thank you for having me. Um, so my name is Ashley Buggy. I am a gold star spouse, which means my husband passed away on active duty Navy uh, in 2018. Uh, he was in a scuba diving accident uh, not service related. Uh, it was recreational scuba diving. Um, but we'll get into more of that later, but he passed away on active duty. Um, I am a mother of three. I have a who three, five and seven year old who all <laughs> turned four, six. <laughs> yeah. They all turned four, six and eight this year, actually in the next 
few months. We all have birthdays, like one after another. Um, But when my husband passed away, I was six months pregnant with my youngest. And then my other children were one and three at the time. So it's been us uh, figuring all this out for the last four years, Uh, actually May May 20th in just a few days here uh, will be the four-year anniversary. So um, that's kind of the background, probably how you guys found me. Um, That's certainly some of the basis of who I am, but I'm also a master scuba diver myself. Um, I'm a polar explorer. I'm a best-selling author, a speaker, um, and I've got my hands kind of in a lot of little buckets now. (laughs) (laughs) So cool. What was your experience like being a military spouse? Um, Well, I think everyone's experience is a little different and mine was no exception. I Um, Brian and I started dating when we were very young. I was 18. He was 19. Um, We dated briefly and he was like ready to get married. (laughs) He was like, okay, I have this idea. I'm going to join. I'm going to join the military. First, he wanted to join the Coast Guard. Um, that didn't pan out. So then he wanted to join the Navy. Uh, but he was like, I'm going to join the military. We can live at the coast because the coast and the ocean has always been our obsession together. Um, and we'll get married and we'll have babies and we can live anywhere. We can travel the world. And I was like, Whoa there, buddy. Like there is no way, no way I'm ready for any of that. So we actually broke up. He scared me away with all of that. (laughs) Uh, broke up and we spent 10 years apart and then came back together uh, when I was either 29 or 30. Um, And then everything was still there though. He had joined the military. I had traveled the world by myself. I established my career um, and we were kind of like two individuals coming back together, just brought together because we wanted to be together. So his career and his thing was the military my career was in banking at the time. Um, and so because we didn't establish our lives together with him joining the military, we, I wasn't super involved in military life. Like we lived 45 minutes from the Navy base up in Cake Harbor, Washington. Um, so if I didn't, I didn't go to the commissary, I didn't do any of the <laughs> events on base. Um, he was deployed on submarines six months out of the year. And then usually one to two weeks of every month. Um, He was gone a lot. And so it was kind of just me knowing my husband was in the military, never having any idea where he was besides out in the ocean somewhere, Um, you know, getting the emails here and there and waiting to hear from the ombudsman, which is like the coordinator between the boat and the families. Um, But that was really the extent of up till that point, my experience with the military as a military spouse. Um, I just wasn't super involved in the community. I didn't even really have access to the community being so far from the base. And I knew nothing about it except for watching, you know, when he was deployed, I was like, I'm going to watch army wives. This (laughs) And then I was just like, why did I do that? (laughs) So when you guys first got together, were you like, did you grow up together? You were in the same area? Like, how did you initially meet him? Yeah, he lived in, um, so my older brother was in the army and was living elsewhere and his best friend, my older brother's best friend lived in Portland. Brian uh, 
moved to Portland and joined a band and moved into the same house as my older brother's best friend. So when my older brother was deployed, I would go hang out with his best friend who was like a surrogate big brother to me. And through that, I met Brian. And then Brian was in local bands and I was in the same music scene. And so we met, I guess, just through mutual friends that way. That's like the whole different military wife story. Like I've never heard it that oh, way. <laughs> like when you said, oh, we like, he was going to get married. I was like, oh, okay. Cliche. And then you're like, and then we yep. separate. <laughs> I, like, I know. Oh. Yeah. Um, when you finally kind of got your first taste of the military spouse life, was that like when after his accident? Is that when did you start plugging in right before? Yeah, I would say our first PCS was really because he was, um, he was not deployed, but he was out on assignment, uh, when we, when it came to like, okay, now the, the movers are coming to do like their walkthrough, uh, he wasn't there. And I was like, I don't, I've never done this. What are, they just like walk through our house. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah okay. Like I had no idea. And of course he was like, they'll take care of it. And then he's in a submarine. So I can't even call him and be like, <laughs> Hey babe, they're asking yeah. questions. Do we need crates? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Let's <laughs> just put in a U-Haul, I guess, and ship across the ocean. Um, so that was probably my first real, um, exposure to there's a, a big learning curve here. And, yeah. uh, I've got to figure out who to call, who does what, what my resources are, because he was, I had no access to him, you know, the yeah, email. I was gonna say, like you said, he's on a submarine. Like yeah. I know like if my husband is, you know, deployed or something, I can, I can send a message and I might not get a response like right away, but by tomorrow I'll have yeah. some type of a response with like the, the time difference on a submarine that would give me so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, it, we'd go a month. Sometimes it'd be a month between emails. I'd send, I'd send emails every single day, but it might be a month before he was able to get them and get them back to me. So literally we could Gosh. go a whole month with a zero communication. Just My sister's husband is Navy. So yeah. when she's like, we had emails and like, if she'd get a random phone call, like from some, I'm yes. like, don't answer that number. You don't know that number. And she's like, yeah. no, this is probably the ship. Like I need to answer this. So yes. it was, it's totally as similar as they are just because we're military spouses. Like it's totally different aspects there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially being thrown into it the way you were. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first exposure really to, to, quote unquote, military spouse life, which is like just being insanely resourceful, just like making calls, having no shame right. and asking for help and trying to contact whoever, you know, who might know somebody who might know a number trying to get answers. So yeah. that was, that was really it. And then of course, you know, after the accident, I've really been uh, embraced by the spouse community. So do you how want to go into the accident and how he passed? Yeah. Um, so he was, uh, when we, so we PCS to Hawaii, um, in 2017, he actually sailed our boat from gig Harbor over to Hawaii oh, for his yes wow. move. Yeah. Took three weeks, 21 days, almost <laughs> to the moment, um, from the time he left gig Harbor to the time he arrived in Hawaii. Uh, the kids and I flew over and met him there, his family. It was like a big celebration. We were so excited to move to Hawaii. 
Um, you know, everything we love, we had learned to scuba dive together. We loved sailing, anything water related and just the grand adventure of like, right. we're going to live in Hawaii. And I think the, that's every working. military yes. spouse's dream is like orders to Hawaii. Like, yeah, we'll go anywhere, but if we can get Hawaii, <laughs> yeah. I'll pack yeah. this up myself. <laughs> we loved it. We were so excited. Um, we got pregnant almost immediately with with a baby. Um, when we moved there, unfortunately I had a miscarriage and then, uh, on Christmas morning, 2017, we found out we were pregnant with Aww. another baby, which ended up being Addie. So it was a really beautiful, like introduction to Hawaii, like our little Aloha <laughs> rainbow baby and just so excited. Um, and then he found this, uh, diving program, to dive, it's called the rebreather, closed circuit rebreather, which is just a little different than like your recreational scuba diving. It's meant for um, like deep diving, technical diving, staying under the water for hours. Um, and basically it just has a lot more components and then you're rebreathing your own air. So you have a scrubber in the back that's scrubbing out the bad stuff and inserting oxygen so that you can rebreathe all of your air. So it's, it's quite complicated. There's a ton of training involved in learning how to use it. Um, but he found a shop on the Island where he could use his GI benefits to pay for the training, pay for the courses, um, with the goal of when he retired to be able to do this around the world and teach this to people around the world. So fast forward, um, to May and he has his very last class of this program. He leaves for the morning to go out for this dive. Um, it had been canceled and rescheduled a number of times, but this was finally the day. And uh, he left for the morning. The kids woke up, came downstairs. Just like you said, a little while later, um, the phone rings. It's like nine o'clock in the morning and it's an unknown number. I'm like, who is calling me? You know, like, it's a salesman or it's something, um, you know, I never at that point really answered unknown numbers, but just like military spouses will say around the world, if an unknown <laughs> number calls you and your spouse is in potential harm or danger, you answer the phone. And so, you know, I knew he was diving and it was a Hawaii number and I was like, okay, so I answer it and it's the manager of the dive shop, just kind of frantic um, saying, Mrs. Buggy, this is the manager of the dive shop. Are you home? There's been an accident on your husband's dive boat. Um, we need to come get you. And my one and three-year-old, you know, are next to me on the couch. I'm six months pregnant and I'm not, I'm just, it's not a possibility for, for an accident to happen, you know? So right. I'm, what are you, what, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, I need, are you home? We're coming to get you or your kids with you. And, uh, I'm like, I'm here. I'm like trying to kind of compute what he's telling me. And I just say, is, is, is Brian alive? Is Brian breathing? And he's like, we don't know. We're coming to get you. And then it clicks like, oh my God, there's, there's actually been an accident. Something has happened. And so he hangs up the phone. He comes and picks me up, race to the dive shop with my kids in the car. I've never even met this man. Um, I get out of the car at the hospital. I'm begging him to just stay with my kids so I can find out what happens. Six months pregnant, I run across the hospital parking lot. Um, and then there's a lot of details in there, but basically in the next little bit, I find out that he has died. So 
Um, his dive team is at the hospital with me and uh, find out that, you know, it took a long time to get the details of what happened, but basically uh, he had turned on his oxygen for the boat ride over. Um, they'd been trained to turn it off. Uh, sorry, he turned it on to do his pre-checks. They'd been trained to turn it off for the boat ride to conserve any gases. And then he had been just heavily distracted with a dry suit, his new camera that he was going to be using on the dive and all these things. And he had failed to turn his oxygen back on. So he got in the water um, and basically quickly fell asleep uh, and drowned right in front of his class and nobody noticed until he was on the bottom of the ocean floor. I'm so sorry to hear that. that uh, I couldn't, I, I told you I'd cry. <laughs> so I couldn't even imagine like just that. Just that a normal day call. turned to just like tragedy in a, a matter yeah. of probably hours. How did yeah. the community rally around you after his death? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the events of all of that are such a blur. Um, I, and it's, it kind of is like a, uh, like a catch 22 or double-edged sword because, because Brian and I had spent so much time apart, I was trying to play these tricks on myself of okay, I'm hearing these words, death and dying. I'm looking at his body. I'm literally laying on top of his body, trying to warm him up in this hospital room. But in my mind, when I've left the, the room, I'm thinking, okay, well, we've, we've done six months apart. Like, it's okay if I don't hear from him for a month. It's yeah. okay if I, if I don't get that email or if the phone doesn't ring, cause I know it's going to be a little bit like, I, I just was trying to convince myself that none of this was real. Yeah. I yeah. had really, really vivid pregnancy dreams and all of my pregnancies, like woken up just in tears. I had a dream where he cheated on me and I like woke up <laughs> crying and I was like, I had this dream, you cheated on me. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I'm like, I know, but I had a dream. I'm still <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> He's like apologizing for this dream I had. I mean, I just had the most vivid dreams. And so I was so convinced that this was one of those dreams that every day it went on. I was like, this is like the longest dream. Like, there's no way that this is actually real. Like I'm pregnant and my kids are one and three and yeah. it just so much happening. So I know, like I have cards. I know people dropped things off at the house. I know people sent checks. I know there were spouse groups that dropped things off for my kids toys, but honestly, I couldn't, I can't picture it happening and I can't picture who it was or yeah. how they found out. I have no recollection, uh, pretty much of anything from seeing him in the hospital to leaving the island. Like I have little glimpses of things here and there, but there's no yeah. solid linear memory because I was so focused on convincing myself it wasn't real to be perfectly yeah. honest. How, How long was that? that? How long was that point from the time you like got the news and left the island to where you kind of like, right, not able to accept it, but like you started to process it in your mind. Yeah, we left, uh, it was just under five weeks. So what happened is after he died, like I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink. I, I was in like, just shut down mode to be perfectly uh, yeah. uh, like honest. I was suicidal. Yeah. I was like fighting every urge to just like keep breathing myself. I couldn't sleep. 
So I went to the doctor, actually, I got pretty much dragged to the doctor to check on the baby. And the doctor was like, uh, your body's not tolerating this very well. So here's the deal, you know, as nice as she could, but here's the deal. If you want to leave the Island, you're going to have to do it before whatever, 26 weeks, I think it was, right, yeah. um, or maybe 30 weeks. Otherwise you're not going to be able to fly. And then you're going to have to stay here. And in my head, I was like, I can't bring a baby home to this house. Like there's no way like Brian sleeps right here. We put the, the pack and play here. There's no way I can like watch this baby grow up in this house that we had just had right. all these happy memories. And so I knew I needed to leave the Island. I didn't know where I was going to go as a military family. Like we didn't really have a home. Yeah. Base. Yeah. My family is spread out all over the United States. So was his, um, or sorry, his was mostly in Boise. I didn't really want to move to Boise, but anyways, uh, yeah, it was about five weeks um, from the time he died until we got the house packed up. And thankfully, I had the most amazing Keiko officer who like helped. I signed the, the power of attorney and he took care of all the moving stuff, all of the household stuff. The housing office did all the cleaning stuff for me. I mean, oh, everybody rallied. It was like, you know, after the dust settled, I kept thinking like, I can't imagine if he had not been a part of the military and this happened, <laughs> like the amount of support and compassion and resources, even to this day that the military has provided for my family and the military community. And, you know, even people like you guys who are doing podcasts and are interested in hearing these stories, like there's just so much love and generosity in this spouse community of support and encouragement and kindness and it's just you know what if he had worked for like sears or something you know like yeah. i mean really like i can't yeah. i don't want to imagine i don't want to imagine that it happened but i don't want to imagine it any other way than yeah. my experience yeah. going through this and how are your kids now i mean obviously they're through really the process little. yeah they were really little but i'm sure now yeah. that they're older does it get harder now that they're older um, it gets harder and easier. So my, my son was like attached to his hip. He was only one, but they were like BFFs. So that was really hard at the beginning, but Hudson couldn't talk it. He was one. Um, so he couldn't really vocalize what, what was going on. Izzy was three, almost four. Um, and she remembers a lot of that. She remembers him. She remembers stories from Hawaii, um, she really misses her dad because she remembers yeah. being with him. Addie wasn't born yet, obviously, but we talk about Brian every day in this house. Like he is yeah. such a part of our family still. Like everything we do is still like involves like the yeah. memory of him. Yeah. So Addie inserts herself in stories a lot. So she'll be like, Oh, I remember this one time Dada took me ice skating in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Like, that's amazing, you know, because yeah. she she hears Izzy talk about stories with Dada and she sees pictures of Hudson with Dada. So she doesn't really recognize that she wasn't a part of any yeah. of that. So they all cope in their own ways. I actually uh, you took some of their stories and we turned it into a children's book um, oh. called The Hui Ho Until We Meet Again. And it's a children's book written by kids for kids who are dealing with the loss of a loved one. And so 
working through the sights and sounds and grief of um, stories just like that. Like, how do you open these conversations with kids um, and just be very authentic with where they're at and try not to insert your own feelings on them, but finding out where they're at. So we, we have a lot of conversations around here of how everyone's doing, where everyone's at. Well, I love that you said that you wrote the book because out of something so devastating, you've turned something so beautiful. Um, you've created the scholarship fund, um, your book, your children. I didn't know about the children's book. I knew about your book. Yeah, so, I'm um, <laughs> I know. I love that. Um, so share a little bit on that. Why, why books? How did, how did that come about? How long after? Yeah. So he, he passed away and the first thing, well, not the first thing, one of the first things was like, I have to tell people now people are like, people want to know. And because he had sailed our boat over to gig Harbor. Uh, we'd had a lot of following like of our family. People were very interested in who we were and what we were doing and how we were traveling the world with our young kids and how we were doing these grand adventures as a young military family, especially. And so when he passed away, I wrote like uh, a little, it wasn't even a blog, just a little write up of like, my heart is broken. Like Brian is gone. This is what's happened. This is all that I know. Um, you know, you'll, you'll all be invited to a celebration here in Hawaii. Uh, and so as soon as that post went out, you know, everyone started asking questions and um, it just kind of turned into more just trying to be as open and authentic and transparent as possible because I knew I wasn't the only one hurting and that so many people around the world loved him and were interested in who he was. And now he's died in this grand way. And um, so it just kind of became like a way for me to release um, what I was feeling inside and talk to other people about Brian. Um, and then slowly over time, I started this blog of just like working through my grief while being pregnant and then giving birth and then raising three kids now on my own. Um, and eventually I was approached to make a documentary, um, about his diving accident, which I did. And then from there, people were like, well, you're actually a really good writer. Would you, you should consider turning some of this into a book. And so that's kind of how the books came to be. I was like, never, in fact, Brian was the writer <laughs> of the family in college. All of my professors were like, you're you're a terrible writer. Like <laughs> this is not like, luckily we have like editors and people to help us. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm good at storytelling and I had a powerful story. And so, and I was willing Definitely. to share it, which is kind of a big part of it. So yeah. yeah, then it turned into the book always coming back home, um, which was published in 2020. That's like mine and Brian's love story start to finish. Um, and then the kids book a hooey ho. And then I actually just finished my third book called the ocean is calling. And that'll be published, um, October of this year, 2022. I love that. And you can get them on Amazon, right? I know you can get the always coming back home on Amazon. Can you get your children's book there too? Yes. Okay. We're definitely going to have to share that one because we are a huge advocate of books. Um, we always, we get a ton of questions about deployment. And one of our first advice for kids is like, go get this book and read it to them because it's the easiest way, especially when you have kids that like us, we have from three-year-olds to eight-year-olds and yeah. how there's no better way of being on the same playing field with them than a story. And yeah. 
and and not to compare like my situation to yours, but we had a dog pass that we had our whole like marriage on um our deployment. And I wish I would have known that that there was some sort of like book out there about grieving for kids because my kids still to this day are like, yeah. when's he coming back? Like when it like he's coming, like he's gonna come back, right? And I'm like, yeah. guys, he's not coming back. He he went to heaven. He's with Jesus. Like he's not coming back. And like if I would have had that resource, it would have been a lot easier to explain to them. To wrap it up, can you tell us a little bit about your scholarship fund? Yeah, so um, that was something I started a couple years ago. Uh, you know, everyone was kind of like, oh, because Brian and I had learned to dive together, we loved diving, we have traveled the world diving together, and now he's died in a diving accident. You know, everyone was like, oh, are you going to stop diving? And honestly, I, I thought, yes, you know, that first year, I was like, there's no way I could ever dive again. Like, you know, the only way to prevent a diving accident for me is to not die or not dive and um, make sure I make it home to my kids. So I was positive I wasn't going to dive. Um, but then, you know, I ended up turning his ashes into a living reef memorial and was going to have his dive team place the memorial uh, where he died in Hawaii. And as that date got closer, we all flew back to Hawaii to be there to watch them place it from the boat. And I just was thinking like, I'm never going to get another opportunity to place him, like physically place him in his final resting place, like where he would want to be forever. And if I don't fight this fear of diving and just do this, like I'm going to regret this. And I recognize that. And so that first year uh, on the first year anniversary, I did dive again for the very first time. And I go with his dive team and we placed the memorial underwater. Oh. And from there it kind of became, well, he really loved diving and it's not really about me. This is about him and his legacy and who he was. And so, um, yeah, I created a scholarship fund called the Stagel for Brian Buggy Scholarship. Um, and it's really to just encourage and support uh, people who want to learn to dive safely um, and to help fulfill that dream, specifically for military members who, um, you know, spend their whole lives working. They spend so yeah. much time working and away from their families and not able to enjoy, um, you know, things that maybe they want to try or do because they're so dedicated and busy, um, with military life. So this is for military members who say, you know, I want to try something else and I want to do something for myself. Um, and so that's, that's the scholarship. Oh, I love your story. I have your book and I love it. I, I <laughs> it. So I'll done. have to give it to Cody to read it after I yeah. finish, but I love it. So um, thank you so much for coming on to share Definitely. your story. Um, if you were going to give one piece of advice for a military spouse going through grief, or I mean, it's always a possibility in our yeah. husband's line of work. Um, what what would your biggest tip be to to get through grief or to kind of help carry yourself to where you are now? Yeah, I think there's two things really. The first one um, I didn't know how to do before, which is ask for help. I have always been fiercely independent, which I think a lot of us military spouses are. You're just used to figuring things out and doing things on your own, um, but you're unable to do that when you're in a situation like this. You are, you're just sense of self is lost. And so there's no way I would have been able to get through any of this without reaching out to 
everybody and asking for help when I needed it, recognizing I needed help, asking for help. Um, and then number two is finding an outlet. For me, that became writing. Um, but I think without feeling like I had some sort of release or some sort of thing that was genuinely mine and that I was able to focus on to try to take some of the focus off the sadness um, was imperative to helping me. I don't think you really like get over grief, but you certainly find ways to work through it and move through it and, and go through different stages of it. And so finding an outlet, um, running, hiking, traveling, you know, whatever, singing, whatever it might be, um, just something that's genuinely yours, that belongs to you, that you're in control of, I think is a huge uh, way to get through some of the hard times. I love that so much. We talk about it so much and so often. So we appreciate you so, so much taking time out of your day and joining us and your kids' schedules. I know we were going back and forth, <laughs> like seven kids here and three kids there, but yeah. um, we appreciate you so much for taking the time out of your day to speak with us and share your story about your dear husband. Thank you. Yeah. We're actually headed back to Hawaii tomorrow morning, uh, 6 a.m., to go for the four-year anniversary and to do, we do an annual memorial dive every year. So um, I know, I think this is going to be uh, put out on Memorial Day, but um, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, yes. they're welcome to do that. If you want to post the links and they can watch us dive oh, wow. uh, from the boat to his grief and be able to kind of see what all of that looks like as well. I love yes, that. We, we will definitely share that. We'll share that. Nice. Wow. If that didn't make you cry, because I cried and I told her when we were interviewing her, like if I cry, just continue on. Just keep talking. Keep like I'm a blubbering mess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it happens all the time. But just wow. Like I the way she tells her the story, it, it gave me chills. Like I just like I could picture myself in her situation. You know, she said she was sitting on the couch with her kids and just like, wait, what are you saying? Like, yeah. what are you saying? And I, I can picture myself the same way. Um, I, my husband one time got a concussion. And when I got a phone call, you know, to come pick him up from the hospital, I was just confused. I was like, what are you saying? What are you yeah. saying? Like, yeah. what is happening? And to, to, you know, tell me my husband has been in a horrific accident versus just a concussion. Like, I just don't even, I didn't even know, you know, I, yeah. I love how raw she was with it. She didn't sugarcoat it and told like, and said things like, you know, she, she struggled really bad because yeah. sometimes like, I think you hear stories and, um, everyone and like, will pat them on the back and be like, you're so strong. You're so strong. And they totally are, but they're also human and they deserve that those moments of weakness after such a huge loss and I the way she just ex, like described saying how she was trying to convince herself that he was just gone like he didn't really pass like oh we've done one month I, I can go without talking to him and stuff like that yeah. as a spouse sometimes I think you you can like play mind tricks like okay you know he's gone I can't talk to him out of sight out of mind and in her case like that that side of her just really was like you know this is how I'm going to cope this is how I'm going to get through it and I just love how raw she was with it and she just tells you like how it is like I never wanted to scuba dive ever again and then she finally yeah. pulled herself out you know and she did not want to have her baby and bring her back to that I would be the same way like, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine having a baby yeah. and then coming home to where he was just at. So I, I, 
I just love how raw she was with it and, and didn't like sugarcoat it. Like, you know, he's gone, but I was fine. Like, no, she tells you like, no, I yeah. struggled. like I was not okay. Cause sometimes I think spouses need to hear that. Like they're human and they're not these like super unicorn women that are like, Oh, my husband passed and I'm fine now. Like, no, there were hard, hard days. following. Well, I that. think that's like, when you see them as a gold star, you're like, oh, you know, they kind of got over it or they did this and they did that. And I think they do the harder thing than just get over it. It's like continuously in their face. She yeah. wrote a book. She runs a scholarship fund. She has another book. She wrote a book with her, her kids. Like yeah. she actively keeps this, like, like relives the trauma in order to share and encourage others and inspire yeah. and help, you know, she said the fund was to help. And I just that when she said she dived again, she was like, I was never going to dive again. I was like, Oh, I wouldn't either. And then she's like, and I dive every year now. And I'm just like, what? Wow. Like, yeah. That's how you lost your husband. And wow. Um, by the way, if you guys are listening to this early in the morning, um, she said they stream the live, the dive live. <laughs> um, so if it's early enough when you're listening to this, um, go to Facebook and you can find her, um, her page um, and see if you can catch the dive. I'm pretty sure it does like a replay on Facebook. Right? Oh yeah, I'm sure. And we're also going to get the um, information from her about her children's book that she spoke on. Um, we, we obviously pre-record so um she was actually heading out to Hawaii um like right before we recorded her segment um <laughs> so um and we wanted to give her a little bit of space you know after we didn't want to bombard her with like hey um send us this send us this like you know being being um respectful of that time because it was his uh, four-year anniversary right before we recorded so um I I just really hope that you know listening to these um I, I mean, I don't think that there is a military spouse out there that would ever be like, it's lost upon how blessed you are if your spouse has yeah. made it home from a deployment or a training exercise or anything. I mean, accidents happen all the time. Um, there was just like on Fort Bragg, I think there was like a rollover accident and a soldier had passed. And, you know, these things, freak accidents happen all the time. And if you are able to come home to your spouse, um, especially Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend, you are extremely, extremely blessed. And I hope that you listen to these and um, it just kind of humbles you a little bit to know that, you know, there are people yeah. out there that are, that weren't as lucky um, as you might have been or are to have not lost somebody, whether it be yeah. a friend, a spouse, um, a coworker, whatever the case may be, Memorial Day, there are so many um, that we honor, so. It's not just about barbecues and beach days yeah. <laughs> and everything else. We hope you guys take the time to kind of, we know um, it's, it's kind of weird. Our life is so weird how similar we are. Um, we always, every Memorial Day, take a moment to teach our kids um, what the meaning is behind it ever since they were babies. I have pictures yeah. of my kids um, at memorials um, since in car seats. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and so it's something that when Cody and I met, we were like, no, we can't. Like, we have to take our kids to the memorial. And we're like, wait, what? You, you do that too? And I was like, yeah. yeah. So 
um, we hope you guys take a minute and talk to your kids if you have them. Um, take them to a memorial. Fort Bragg has an amazing one with yes. so many flags. Um, we love that. I think you guys visited the firemen one here last year, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's called a. I go to the OB right across the street from it, but um, <laughs> it is. I think it might be called Printer's Park. I'm not sure, um, but it is downtown off of Platt. Um, and there was a memorial last year and it's actually very well put together. You can go anytime and walk the park. Um, we found it last year and they had like service animals that were killed. Um, there were all different kinds of memorials from Afghanistan, Iraq, Vietnam, all different conflicts. Um, and then they had a whole ceremony with a bunch of um, veterans. One of my favorite ones at Bragg to take my kids to, because we love a visual, especially for little ones, was the boots. We loved mm -hmm. taking them to see the boots. Um, it was a little, it's a little overwhelming because like there's a boot out there um, for um, yeah. all soldiers lost and things like that. And then like Felicia was saying, the flags at the Airborne Museum. Um, but it's a quick Google search, um, put in, you know, Memorial Day, um, just memorials and something should pop up in your, in your area. Um, and even if you don't have kids, go take some time and just pay your yeah. respects, take a moment of silence and then go home and have your hot dog or whatever you choose to do. Um, <laughs> have a beer. I don't know, but, um, like she said, it's more than just a barbecue. It's more than a long weekend. Um, there are so many people that have sacrificed their life um, yeah. in the service that just don't always get their respect and that they deserve throughout the year. So especially on this one day, make sure that you're utilizing it appropriately. Yeah, my husband um, has lost a friend. And so it's a special day for him to kind of just like, I need to take a minute. We need to take a minute. Um, so it's very prevalent in our lives. And like I said, we never take it for granted. You could, any one of us could be the next Ashley yeah. Buggy or Britt Harris, or there's so many. Um, so, I, I mean, I have so many that I even follow in, on my Facebook myself. Um, it, like I said, it's not lost on us that it could be any given time. And so yeah. we just wanted to share um, her story. Um, like I said, I think this should be a yearly thing. I love hearing your so stories too. and we hope it encourages you as well. Um, you know, this one, <laughs> I know Britt Harris, I think we shared for like two hours. Um, so we're not going to keep you that long today, um, but they're still really good. So like Cody said, if you have the time, go listen to it. If you haven't, if you're a new listener, I know we've gotten a Grab bunch of them. Because you're going to need them. Yeah, you need oh. tissues for all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just all of them. But um, we hope you guys have a happy Memorial Day. Um, and we hope you enjoyed listening to her. Now we ask that you don't go bombard her like, oh, yeah. I heard you on here and listen to this and da 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 da. Yeah. Like, feel more, you know, free to share um, the episode on our social media as we publish everything. Um, you know, you can go to our podcast and you can share the audio there. Um, but we just ask you do not 
you know, message her like, oh, I heard you now we're friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please don't. Um, you know, she was very kind to take out of her day. Um, you know, especially given it was the four year anniversary. Um, literally she was like running to Hawaii during our yeah, interview. It was like, it has to be um, now or after because I'm leaving for Hawaii. So, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Well, that was our confession for this week. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media to catch the latest. Hashtag spill the coffee.